Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 112. I saw Hansel and Gretchel Witch Hunters, which is now out on physical media, so I give my ramblings about that. I finished Remember Me, so I will talk about that a little bit. There's a bunch of stuff that came out for E3 news that I will ramble about in a sort of first look. And that's it for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters has released on physical media. I remember I kind of wanted to see that in theaters, but I was kind of hesitant. I think it was mostly that I didn't have a whole lot of money, so I had to be really careful on which movies I went to see. And I think by the time I decided, yeah, I kind of really want to see it, you know, while it's in theaters, it had actually already disappeared from theaters. So it's been kind of a long wait, but I finally got to see it. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is basically... Starting out where the story, you know, the traditional story of Hansel and Gretel happens. You know, there are two kids, they're in a witch's house, you know, they fight the witch and they put her in the oven and they burn her and kill her. But, you know, that's just the start of the movie. The bulk of the movie is, you know, they've grown up and they've still done witch hunting. And so now they're kind of bounty hunters that that specifically target, you know, killing witches. This particular story takes place in one particular village where a lot of children have gone missing and Hansel and Gretel are revealing the story of why, you know, they're taking so many children and why this is, you know, unusual and different than the other witches they have hunted in the past. It is very fun and hilarious. I guess they went for a realistic style, as is mentioned on the wiki, and so there's a lot of outdoor shots there's a lot of very real you know makeup effect type effects instead of you know special effects in terms of computer effects there are you know a lot of special effects you know done by computer but you know one of the characters is a troll and he's an old school you know sort of guy in a suit kind of thing instead of a you know 3d animated character at least i'm pretty sure that's how he is that's that's how he looks and that sort of adds up to a very kind of hilarious feel sort of like the Sam Raimi movies you know in particular the Evil Dead series you know it's supposed to be scary and you know they're witches and they're supposed to be you know horrific looking creatures in some cases but they really kind of look more hilarious or you know Saturday morning TV show kind of style than you know the high-end stuff we come to expect these days and so I think that probably contributed to a lot of why the reviewers didn't like it and a lot of why a lot of the people you know who watched it didn't like it. I remember it just was not received very well in theaters and I guess as of uh, recently a second one is in the works and I wouldn't mind seeing the second one. As I said the movie is pretty ridiculous and a lot of fun. There's technology that's just kind of absurd and wouldn't really work in the time period they're running with. And so, you know, you just have to give it kind of a lot of slack, I guess. 
you know, don't go in thinking it's going to be realistic or anything because, you know, it's based on a fairy tale and, you know, that's the kind of take it has. In terms of my rental system, I would say definitely rent it. I don't know if you want to buy it or not. It depends, I suppose, on how much you really love the Sam Raimi style of horror. I am considering purchasing it myself, but I also own Evil Dead. I don't actually own the other two movies in the trilogy, just the first one. But it seemed, you know, pretty fun and pretty cool. And there's a second one coming, so we'll see uh, if that happens or not. I would say if you can watch it with friends, watch it with friends. If you have popcorn, make a ton of popcorn. Because the movie is so silly, it's one of the movies you kind of want to just mess around and throw popcorn at friends or throw it at the screen. Ah, that's silly. And, you know, just have fun with it. Because... It's a fun and good time that doesn't take itself very seriously. So I finished Remember Me. I was actually almost all the way through when I did my first ramblings about it last podcast. It took me about 8 hours to complete. I would think subsequent playthroughs you might be able to do it as fast as 6 because you know you can skip a lot of the stuff and you know what to look for. So it's not got a lot of play hours but it is a very rich experience. I would say probably the way to play it that would be the most enjoyable would be to play it on easy. Because the combat does kind of slow you down quite a bit. And the game is actually a lot more like sort of an interactive movie. With less combat, I think it would be more interesting. It's a really awesome and old school science fiction type story that reminds us we are human. And it deals with some very sad and emotional things. I would say if you actually went so far as to remove combat entirely. And then you added in more of the story, more of the city, a little bit more history about the characters, add in some more memory remixes. There were only four total, so having more would definitely be much cooler, I think. If you did all that and sort of made it a full-on interactive story as opposed to, you know, a traditional game and, you know, having the combat, I think it would have been a lot better of a game. It's almost like the combat is so jarring because it is complicated and it takes you quite a while to get into it and understand it, that it really kind of detracts from the other elements of the game, the story and, you know, the memory remixes. I mean, it makes sense, you know, in terms of she's going from point A to point B and she has to do some fighting. But really, like I said, you know, I think the elements could be entirely separate and they would still be just as good kind of on their own. Like if there was a game that was, you know, 90% fighting and 10% story, it would be awesome. Or if they had the reverse and it was 90% story and memory remixing and then almost no combat or no combat at all, you know, sort of maybe like a traditional old school graphics adventure even, I think it would be a lot more interesting than in what they have, you know, with the current form. The current form certainly works. It is a good game. It is very good overall. 
But like I said, I think there's a little bit too much mixing for you know, the mainstream audience. You have the one side that's going to be you know disappointed with the difficulty or intrusion of the other side. So I think it's going to kind of upset more people than it might please. I would say in terms of scale, I would give it a 4 out of 5 or maybe like 85% if you were doing a percent scale. Again, because it is very linear, because there is, you know, some flexibility with combat, but, you know, you have your own style, so you're probably not going to change that. Because the story is, you know, a really good story, but, you know, once you know the story, you know the story. I think all of those elements are going to really limit the replayability and make it not really worth replaying for a lot of people. I thought it was really awesome, but, you know, I have really no desire to replay it again. Maybe, you know, in the future when I'm in a home and I'm on triple monitor with, you know, my 5.1 surround sound set up on the desk, you know, that'd be a much nicer experience and I might want to play through it again. But, you know, under basically the same conditions as I played it in the first time, really don't have any interest in playing through it again. That being said, you know, it is a good game and it is one of the best cyberpunk games I have probably ever played. If you are very into cyberpunk and, you know, you enjoy the Batman Arkham games type combat, or you don't mind it, then Remember Me is probably worth picking up. If you are hesitant on any issues, I would say probably wait for a sale. I would expect sales will come pretty quickly. First look. So I have sort of a lot of first look news from E3. Sadly, I could not go in person. It's one of those things that I've wanted to go as long as it's existed. I think the first one it said was 1995. So it hasn't been out, you know, a really long time, but it's been out quite a long time. It's really expensive. And I think the tickets are still special in that you kind of have to be invited to go. You can't just, you know, walk up to the gate and say, hello, I'd like to come in. I guess it's like, industry-only people. I don't know if they're still doing that. I think they are. So you'd have to get, you know, an invite from somebody in the industry, as it were. Plus, you know, really expensive. Plus, you're going to stay at a hotel and buy hotel food. So it's one of those things, you know, I'd really love to go and cover for you listeners and the people that go to my site. And, you know, I'll post some stuff on YouTube. But, you know, I just don't have the money to do that right now. Hopefully I will, you know, someday, but not now. Anyways, here is some rambling about uh, all of the games that I thought were really cool and interesting that I am looking forward to. Destiny, I think I have mentioned briefly, is made by Bungie, who have previously worked on the Halo titles, and it looks really incredibly awesome. It's basically a science fiction role-playing shooter game. The demo they showed started out with Guy playing by himself, but only for like a minute or two. He starts out by himself. He is quickly met up by a friend, and then they just automatically group. They don't have to do anything. They're just grouped together automatically. I assume because, you know, they are friends on whatever network they are playing on. And they go through sort of one area, and they're fighting some bad guys, and they fight a boss. And then after that area, they get to another area, and they meet up with another friend, and she joins them. And then it alerts them that there's a public event going on. And then some people 
who are in different groups are also fighting in the public event. So it looks very awesome. There is, you know, that mix of single player or, you know, group with your friends or, you know, fight in these bigger public events that are, you know, like raids. And it looks very, very awesome. Unfortunately, while I'm homeless, I don't really have much chance to play it because it is coming for PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One, and that's it. It's not coming for PC. So until I become not homeless, I will be unable to play it. But if you're planning on getting one of the new consoles or have one of the current generation consoles, you'll be able to play it when it comes out. Titanfall is another science fiction shooter. This one is, I think, just PvP. And it's kind of surprising that it looks so cool to me because I haven't played a, a pure PvP game in a really long time. Like, almost 15 years, I think. In Titanfall, you have a pilot and you're running around shooting at other pilots. But there are also these small mechs called Titans. I would guess they are maybe 20 to 30 feet big. And it looks like what happens is that as you're running around as a pilot, you have this timer and there's a person giving you sort of a countdown on when your Titan's ready. And then when it's ready, you can either leave it ready or you can call it down and then you hop into it. And then, you know, stay in it until it explodes and then you're back to being a pilot and then you have to wait again. It looks like you are fighting over specific objectives. So that looks pretty cool. They did not show off any kind of leveling or specking in terms of weapons. So that's all kind of a mystery still. But I'm sure we'll learn more about that as time goes on. Titanfall will be out for Xbox 360, Xbox One, and PC. So it's kind of a Microsoft exclusive thing, but that will be one I can play, whether I'm homeless or not. So that's pretty cool. Thief is still quite a ways away. I think they're targeting 2014, so this is a a very early first look. But it looks like a perfect continuation of the series, although it is not technically a continuing story. It is a restart of the Thief series. But it looks like they've got all of the elements of stealth and freedom in terms of going about and getting through the mission how you want. And it looks like they've got everything just right. It will be out for the new generation of consoles. So that's PS4 and Xbox One. It will also be out for PC. Batman Arkham Origins looks like they are doing it exactly right. Although it is being made by a new studio, they have the look and the feel of the previous Arkham games. So it fits right in with the series and it fits right in with what you expect from the next game. Although technically, you know, it's the origin story. So it's supposed to be, you know, before the other games in terms of timeline. But it looks really awesome and it looks like right where it should be for that kind of game. It will be out for the current generation stuff. So that's PS3, Xbox 360, Wii U, which hardly anything is coming out for that I am looking at, and PC. So you have lots of choices there. Tom Clancy's The Division is something that I hadn't heard about before. Looks like a post-apocalyptic role-playing shooter. It looks like there's a mix of exploration and shooting. And there is, I guess, optional PvP depending on where you go, you know, in the city. It takes place in New York. They mentioned that there are no classes. And from the window it showed, it looked like the guy had a lot of talent choices and it was kind of a pick one of three for each slot type deal. So I don't know how much, you know, flexibility or freedom you will have, but it looked like kind of a limited choice sort of thing. 
But it was mentioned that, you know, if you're a tank and your buddy's a tank and you want to switch over to doing something else, maybe you want to do DPS or you want to heal, that wouldn't be a big deal. You could just switch over. So it should be very interesting to hear about more news as it comes out. My big question is, since it does take place in a fixed location, you know, that being post-apocalyptic New York, I wonder if the locations are going to be static or if it's going to be, you know, randomized and different things will happen in the, you know, same area. Say you go to, uh, I don't know, 5th and Broadway. I don't know if there is a 5th and Broadway in New York, but let's assume there is. Say you go to a corner there. Are you going to find the same things? you know, one day and you go back a week later, is it going to be the exact same thing? I don't know. We don't have an answer for that. But it would be interesting to see, you know, what they say on that in the future. Unfortunately, right now, it's only announced for the next generation of consoles. So that would be PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And it's not, I guess, planned for the current generation or PC. But, you know, hopefully that will change before launch. And I'm sure we'll know more as time goes on. The Walking Dead video game is finally getting a new chapter called 400 Days. There's really not any information about it. There's kind of like a little tiny trailer shows off that you are with a different group of people. And I think they said it was something like five different stories over five different days. But that should be very cool to look forward to. One that is a PlayStation 4 exclusive is called The Order 1866 takes place in late 1800s London, although it's sort of you know a different kind of timeline because they do have some sort of steampunk elements. They've got some interesting looking guns. They've got some electricity. So there's like an electric train and I think there was some lights that they showed. But it looks pretty cool. It looks kind of like you're a sort of secret agency fighting against, you know, unknown monstery type bad guys. Not a lot of information about it, but it looks very cool. If I were to get a next-generation system, it would be PlayStation 4. And so, you know, it's one I will keep my eye on in the future. You know, as long as I'm homeless, uh, it doesn't matter if I have the money for it or not. You know, know where to put it. So, just something to keep my eye on and let you guys know about in the future. And that is really all the interesting stuff from E3 that I noticed that caught my eye that I would be interested in. And you may hear more about it in the future as we get closer You know, when we get close enough to do a game watch, I will certainly do that if I think the game is worth mentioning. And of course, you know, as we get to the far future, I will let people know when they are releasing. So I only really have one new interesting piece of news for this week. StarCraft 2 now allows for spawning. I guess this is something they have done in the past, though I wasn't really familiar with it. I guess what it is is that if you have friends with a starter edition, which is what you can get for free, and you have the full edition, you can spawn them a copy of the full edition, which unlocks different features that they can use. In particular is being able to play online multiplayer games. And I guess the most important feature for that is that 
whoever has the purchased copy, whatever expansion they're based on, the person they are spawning the copy for will also be bounced up to that version. Like I have Heart of the Swarm, I don't really play it anymore. Actually, I don't play it at all anymore. But, you know, if I had somebody who wanted to play with me and they had, you know, a starter edition, I could spawn them a copy and then we could do multiplayer matches either together or as, you know, a couple people and fight, you know, other people. But as long as they are in my party, they gain a bunch of features, you know, from the full game temporarily. You know, once they log out, they would be, you know, unspawned as it were, and they'd be back to whatever the starter edition limits them to. But I thought that was pretty cool and interesting news. Regular news from before. Man of Steel is now out. I will probably go see it pretty soon. Probably catch it during the first week of it being out, so I'll probably talk about that next podcast. World War Z is due out on the 21st. Again, that's a zombie movie that's a little bit different, I think, than most zombie movies. Looks pretty cool. And Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep is due out on the 25th. And that's all the news this time. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. So that's it for this Rabbit's Rumblings podcast. No Pirate's Treasure hasn't been any in as long as I can remember. Been quite a while, I think. I've had a bit of a cold lately. Been a lot of sneezing and some congestion. A lot of sniffling. I don't think you can hear any congestion in my voice on the podcast, but that's what's going on. Sneezing, sniffling, some kind of cold. A little bit more tired than usual, I guess. Kind of a bit more hungry, but not eating as much, if that makes any sense. I don't know if I'm just having a lower appetite because my tummy's finally going back to, you know, more closer to what it used to be in terms of appetite or if it's just something weird going on with the cold. Doesn't seem to be reflected in my diet at all. I'm still at like zero weight loss for 12 weeks in now, so that's really depressing. So I'm probably just going to keep tracking my food calorie thing for maybe like another week. And then if I'm still, you know, at zero pounds lost, I'm just going to stop worrying about it and you know, try to let it be whatever it is and, you know, not worry until I'm back in a home where I can control things like, you know, do more exercise and eat a little better and certainly rest a lot better. But, you know, it might just be one of those things that I can't really control right now because of so much stuff in my life being out of control. I guess that's really all I can think of for this time. I think Dad's Day is coming up. Never really been big on that since my dad and I don't really get along. Usually send him an e-card and that's like it. I think that might be the weekend this podcast comes out. So if you have any dads you care about or want to say hey to, um, check the date. I think it might be this weekend. I guess if there are any Gimmer Dads out there, happy Dad's Day. I guess that is 
all I can think of for this time. And hopefully, I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Sometimes I'd stay up all night Wishing to God that I was the one who died And sometimes there's not enough time But I didn't know I loved you so much I didn't know I loved you so much I didn't know I loved you so much Oh, uh, I guess put this back in at the beginning. Okay, put this at the end. Well, I guess just cut that part out. Holodeck 3 program is ready. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.